Welcome back to Bennett Dunlop Forward. John Pat's Hockey here on 620 CKRM. My name is Dante and I'm pleased to be joined with the voice of the Saskatoon Blade. Les Lazaric is with us. Game number 2000 tonight. Um, I've called, what, 32 games this season. I'm really far away from that. Uh, Les, just maybe put into words the last, I don't know, so many years and in all the 1,999 games before this one. Well, the nice thing for you, Dante, is that you've got lots of time to catch up because you're young. Me, I'm into my 60s. I'm probably grandfather age for the players and father age for a lot of the coaches and staff on many of the teams. Uh, what 2,000 means is it's a big round number, which I'm very proud of because it means longevity. Mm -hmm. It means that I've been able to maintain my health, I've been able to have a strong voice. I've been able to have my eyesight be de decent even though I wear glasses. Mm -hmm. um, I've been able to perform at a level that is acceptable to hockey fans, to families of players who listen and watch, and then also acceptable to the team and to the radio company that I've worked for for 27, now 28 years. And, and I, Les, I guess my follow-up question to that would be, it probably just never gets old putting on that microphone and knowing that you know, you're touching somebody wherever they might be listening, right? Well, if you use that way of looking at it, then yes, absolutely. The other thing, though, I think, is that I'm a hockey fan. Mm -hmm. And I think to be doing this job, you have to be a fan and have the passion to do it. Because if you don't, it's going to come across. I like to think that when my rises and falls happen, and they happen quite honestly very often in the course of even a 10-second span, uh, the passion, the fun I have, I like to think comes through and people are able to engage as a result. My only hope then is that the picture that I'm painting, if you're listening on radio only, you don't have the benefit of the pictures to go along with it. Mm. Unfortunately, that started to happen with the webcast because now you can actually see when I was making it up and when I wasn't making it up. But, <laughs> but, but, but I like to be able to think that I can paint the picture in such a way that with my inflections, with my enthusiasm, with my rises and falls, that you know what's going on. You get a feel for it as if your radio, you're watching it and you're right there with me. Can you think back to maybe your first broadcast? It doesn't have to be Western Hockey League, but your first play-by-play -play <laughs> broadcast. How many moons ago was that? First play-by-play -play broadcast was in September of 1982. It was at the Pioneer Arena in Winnipeg, which is my hometown, but I wasn't working in Winnipeg at the time. I was working for CKLQ Radio in Brandon. And we did not get the rights to the Wheat Kings for the 82-83 season. We, our station put forth a major plan to do all games, home and away, which hadn't been done, full pre-game and post-game shows. Pre-game shows weren't done back then. We put together this proposal. The other place came back, said, yeah, we'll match that, and then we'll, we also have TV, so we'll throw in the TV spots as well, and wow. they'll make it worth your while. So they ended up getting the rights. So we said, okay, fine, you guys. You want the Week Kings that badly? Fine. We're going to do the university games, hockey and basketball. And Brandon University had pretty good teams back then. So 82, I'm in Winnipeg at the Pioneer Arena to call a non-conference game. There's no press box. The only phone line in the building is in an office at one end of the rink at ice level. So here I am in this end office, set up my gear, I'm on the air, and I'm looking through a dirty plexiglass window in the office through the equally as dirty, if not more so, plexiglass end glass right in front of me, and then trying to see all the way down to the other end. 
as the Brandon Bobcats play the Winnipeg Westman. The next day, they were able to string me a whole whack of phone line up on top of a dressing room in a corner, which was a lot better inside the actual rink. But that first game was an absolute disaster. And it was amazing how the same guys seemed to have the puck all the time. <laughs> no matter what, what team it was. It, it's amazing how that works. So it, it was a lot of fun. I, I think back to that and I think now to what you do here and uh, the, the conditions are so different and they're so much better and the people are so good. The league are so wonderful. Uh, the players are fantastic. They're so talented. I, I, just, I just have a blast doing this. Now, Les, last thing before I let you go, um, I'd like to ask you, do you ever think back to when you first started and where you're at right now in your 60s and starting in 82, 83, and think about the steps you took to become better and the mentors you probably had along the way and how you got to this point. Does that somewhat make you relax? Like it's something that I always like to look at back at when I started calling games at 17. Do you kind of think about it sometimes and go, wow, like isn't that cool to think about? I think about it a lot of times, mm -hmm. uh, especially as I get older, especially as I get more games under me. The more I'm doing this, uh, the more I see maybe the end is near, but I don't know when that is because I don't want it to end. I'm prepared to do this for as long as people will have me do it. Uh, but I think back to people like Ken Nicholson, the late Ken Nicholson, the, origi the original voice of the Winnipeg Jets in the World Hockey Association, to people like Dick Irvin and Danny Gallivan on Hockey Night in Canada broadcast back in the 60s and 70s, who I adored. Uh, my mentor, Bob Irving, the just now retired voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the CFL, whom I worked with. Those are people that I learned a lot from, and I still learn and take lessons from even today. Um, I've copied a lot of what they've done. It's, I'm, it's shameless what I've done in order to try and help myself, but those were people that I considered to be the best. And so as a result, I've worked with that, with their templates and, and tried to make them my own. And it's, it's how I've been able to maintain myself over the course of now 40 years in broadcasting and 28 seasons as the voice of the Blades. So one last thing, so how do you maybe give that sort of advice, pass the torch on to some of the younger broadcasters. And I'm sure you've had lots of people reach out to you over the mm -hmm. years, and I'm sure during your time you've seen broadcasters you know, move on and, and become successful that you saw when they were younger and they were raw and maybe not as good as they are right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, and there's a lot of them, and I've taken the time. I, knew, I, I, I had opportunities to move back up to the NHL. When I was younger, I had the opportunity to work on NHL jet broadcasts in the, in the 1990s. Uh, when I moved to Saskatoon, I thought maybe I'd get back to the NHL. It didn't happen. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm at peace with that. But a lot of youngsters that I see coming along that reach out for help, I'm more than happy to help them out because I had a lot of help along the line. So I want to be able to give back in that respect. And not just young male broadcasters, but young female broadcasters as well, I think are important because inclusivity is a big deal. Diversity is a big deal. And I think you've got to make sure that you make everybody feel like they have an opportunity to do this at some point in time if you have the passion and the ability to do it. Les, congratulations and thanks for the time. Thank you, Dante. I appreciate it.